It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. The Metro area's longest-running all-racing talk show. Now a podcast available on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Play, all sorts of places that you get your favorite podcast. Uh, make sure to like and share the Front Stretch podcast. That way we continue to grow. And big thanks to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs uh, for always sponsoring the Front Stretch. They've been the longest-running supporter of the show. And uh, you can get uh, fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Again, in Council Bluffs. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Joining us on the show now is a man who... Uh, has uh, uh, been slowly uh, enduring the road to recovery, driver of the 35L 360 and 410 Sprint Car and the 47 305 Race Saver Sprint Car. Cody Ledger joining us on the show tonight. How you doing, man? Yeah, just, what's going on? Good to have you back on, man. And uh, like we were talking about off the mic, uh, sorry to, to hear that, that you know, we got to talk to you about this. But in another note, I'm glad we get to talk to you about this. <laughs> yeah, it could have definitely been a... I just say it could have been a hell of a lot worse than what what you know what I'm going through right now. Yeah, take us through what happened. I I talked to a couple of people after it happened, and it you know it kind of happened off camera. Not a lot of people saw the accident. So from what you can remember and what you experienced, can you kind of relay that to the fans? I remember everything about that whole lap, and I honestly got I had no idea it was a white flag lap or that we were going to the checkered to come on off. You know, it happened coming out too. And that we were just took the white flag, or we were coming to the white flag. But uh, I think I was racing Brooke Catnell, and I mean we were just racing each other hard and clean, and there was no contact made. And I just slid a little too hard, you know, in these short tracks. You got to be careful when you do that, and just make contact with the right rear against the wall, and it just sucked the right front end, and just set me over. And it really wasn't a hard wreck. It just it was the way I landed. Is honest to God, it was kind of like the same thing with having that happened with Kevin Swindell. Yeah, it wasn't a spe- it wasn't a spectacular wreck, you know, but it just the way that we both landed, you know, it, that's what ended up breaking both of our backs. So and just I've, straight down, straight down on the back axle. Yep. From there, I, I heard that you know you were pretty responsive talking with the safety crew, just saying I've I've got some back pain, I've got some back pain. Well, that's not all of it. Um, the frightening part was when I was talking to him because I I didn't know for sure yet what was going on, and I knew that. Inside the car, I felt like I had a big air time, but I know I didn't, you know, after watching the video, it wasn't that hard of a wreck, but uh, I was responsive, yes, I never once lost uh, consciousness, and uh, I couldn't see. I had very, very blurry vision from it, and I'm sure that was just from, you know, had a concussion, but I couldn't see very many people, and it was very, very blurry, and I could hear certain people, and once I started calming down, and I could hear my dad, I started feeling these weird feelings throughout my whole body. And it was this numbing feeling where I, I couldn't move anything. I couldn't move my arms, couldn't move my legs. Could, I couldn't move. And all I could hear was my dad. And I didn't want no one else to tell him that. So I, I yelled for him. I said, dad, come in here, come here. And he goes, I'm right, I'm right here, but what's up? I go, no, get in the car. And that's when I told him, I, I have no feeling. Yeah. I had no feeling in my arms, my legs. I couldn't, I couldn't take my belts off. I couldn't do nothing. Probably for the first five minutes while they're talking to me, then. When I landed, my hands were on my legs, kind of like when you're sitting like on a chair, you just had your palms sitting on your thighs. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started feeling my arm bouncing. And it was my leg was bounced up and down from adrenaline. Huh. 
And about five minutes later, after I landed, like I said, I started getting, started getting some response from, you know, head down to my feet. And I was actually able to move and get out and didn't think nothing of it. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I, you know, I just jostled myself that hard that, you know, it not only that I rung my bell, but maybe I, you know, I rung some nerves in my back. And, uh, so I was talking, you know, I was talking to the rescue team there and, you know, there, there were some of the best guys out there and, you know, it was, they're adamant about not me getting out of the car. And I was like, I want to get out of the car. I want people to know that I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I ended up, they ended up helping me out of the car and I sat down and I said, and they go, do you want to take a ride? And I said, dad, I got to go. This ain't, I, I'm not good. Cause what's wrong? I go, this is 10 times worse than what happened to Belleville. I go, I just don't feel right. Something does not feel good. It's my neck. And right then and there is when they, they, they decided that they were going to, uh, they were going to take me in. And luckily we were at, you know, at, at Husets and that, you know, we were only, I think they said we were 15 minutes, 20 minutes away from the hospital. Otherwise that would have sucked. And, you know, if we were anywhere else and you know, we got an hour or two away from the hospital, I was in a life flight, but uh, no, luckily uh, Jay and his, and his team there were able to get me out, out of the car and uh, get me restraint and get a uh, C-spine held on my, on my neck and uh, get me to the hospital as soon as possible. So they overheard you talking to your dad and just saying you weren't feeling right. This isn't right. Something's wrong. Yada yeah. Yada. Yeah. And that, that was when I got out of the car. They asked okay. me if I wanted, they asked me if I want to get taken and I said, yes, I need to go. Yeah. I said, there's, this is, I've had a wreck like this last year. This is, it's worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I, I got this very, very bad pain in my neck. Like I never had before. And come to find out, you know, you know, and, and the weird thing about it is my dad thought, my, my dad thought I was all right. And uh, so Katrina, my mom texted, texted my dad, asked me, you know, was I all right? Because they, the announcement said, I, you know, I, yeah, I was responsible talking. So they thought I was good. So my mom and Katrina, they both left, you know, they were going to go pick up, you know, our late, our, our child from his grandparents in Sioux Falls mm-hmm. to we could head home. And they text my dad. My dad goes, no, he's not. He's going to the hospital. Wow. So then that they, must have uh, been, and, and that's kind of when things probably started snowballing from there is they're, they're starting to work on you. You may be getting a little bit of feeling back, but you're beginning to realize there's something seriously wrong. Yeah. Yep. I had this very, very aching pain in my neck. Like I'd never had before. And, you know, I'm a 220 pound kid. That's, you know, five, nine short stocky kids. I, I can endure some, I can endure some pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just knew, you know, even through my football career that I knew that this pain was not right that they need to go get looked at. Well, that's even what your dad said. And I, I think uh, Stan Caesar kind of echoed it too. said, you've been in your share of wrecks, maybe not severe wrecks, but you've been in your share of wrecks that when you looked at him and started saying, you know, we got to go, something's wrong. He knew right away that, that you knew exactly something was wrong. This is yeah, what you were yep. reacting. Yep. We ended up getting into Vera and, uh, and it was an emergency. So they, they got, they got his in right away. I think within an hour and a half, I, I, they had, I mean, I think I went through CT scans. I mean, I went through almost damn near every scan you could between they thought I broke my elbow, the, you know, head scans, chest scans, heart scans, uh, back, you know, any scan you could think of, you know, we went through and, uh, ended up, ended up showing that I shattered my, my T, my T2, yeah, T2, I think my T2 and, uh, and broke, it broke my spine. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crappy deal, unfortunately, but you know, that's kind of a thing that, you know, as a sprint car driver or as an open wheel driver in general, you know, 
you know, what kind of risk every, every night, you know, that you're, that you're getting in, you know, every time yeah. you get in the car, what, what the possibility of something could happen. Yeah. I know everyone says, yeah, we have, we, we have made leaps and bounds of safety, but there's still gotta be something done with the way these rear ends are coming up and hitting, you know, drivers in the, in the seat like that, you know, there's yeah. sometimes there's not much that we could do as a driver. We, we gotta be comfortable in the car. We have to be able to see and be comfortable. So there's gotta be some sort of safety factor that hopefully, uh, you know, the safety committee that, you know, with the all-stars and the outlaws and ASCS that they can come up with. I was kind of thinking of something that the, you know, the week of the fall brawl, when everyone, when this was fresh and everyone was kind of talking about it, do you think there's any kind of a shock system you could put on the bumpers? Cause I know drivers don't want anything in the seats cause that takes away the butt feel. You know, drivers were very not happy when the Hans device and the hybrid device came out because it limits your ability to turn your head. But then again, it dramatically ups the chances of you walking away from a hard accident. Do you think there's anything in the, the, the like the front or the rear bumper, some sort of just a shock system that if you happen to land straight butt down or straight front down, that it would absorb a little bit of that impact? I mean, they, they have stuff out there. It's just whether or not guys want to run them. And frankly, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them, but, you know, maybe down the road I, I would be you know yeah i know my my car owner not my car owner my, my chassis builder jr1 jr russell he was talking to my dad that he was trying to since since uh kevin's wreck you know he's been trying to push putting a steel plate between the uh the mounting part of the of the of the frame in the seat mm-hmm. you know to at least you know yeah it's still steel on steel but at least something so that when the rear end comes up it's not getting into the seat yeah in all honesty i'm picturing that and I don't see that really doing a whole lot in this situation. Mm -hmm. You're just completely compressing the suspension in the rear completely. you know, if they could come up with some almost like a, an airbag, you know, like that sits on your steering wheel, if they could come up with something like that, that fires off in a millisecond, you know, when there's so much pressure, like coming into the shocks or something on the rear end, that would be the trick. But yeah, I'm not a. I, I don't know. I'm not a. Not one of those guys in a position to. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to figure out something. Definitely. You know, but if I mean, you could even take. You know, if if you mount a steel plate in there and leave three inches between this steel plate and the seat, it's still going to jar your spine so bad. You know, I yeah. I don't see I don't see anything solid being the answer. It's got to be something that would just lessen the blow. I mean, it's that's why one of the reasons the wings on the roof. Yeah, and, and they they do have a pad that actually goes between the rear end and the in the seat of the car. I mean, they do make them. Not a lot of guys run them. It's not a common thing, but like I like Dan said, it takes away from the feel. Oh, absolutely, I'm sure. And that and that's a huge thing in in, in open wheel and sprint cars is you got to be able to feel it in your butt. Well, you'll hear you guys all the time talking about feeling in your butt. Mm-hmm. Eventually, sometimes you may not get that feeling in your butt because <laughs> I'll tell you what, you don't have no feeling anywhere between the waist down. You start yeah, racking up the guys that are having back issues in uh, off the top of my head. I can think of now you, Stu Snyder, uh, Sammy or uh, uh, Kevin Swindell, uh, Trevor Grossenbacher, Gunnar Pike. Uh, I, I mean, what I think Troy Sanford and, and Neil Nicolite, you know, I can just list off a bunch of guys locally that are having back issues. We're, we're starting to get to the point where there's enough of this that it, like you talked about, it might need to change regardless of guys getting that butt feel or not. Yeah, and, and a part of this also might be, you know, they keep talking about, you know, the thickness of the frames. Well, 
make these frames so thick that so they don't bend and try to you know make them safer well sometimes the card can get too rigid but something's got to give yeah and right now it's your back and 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 this my instance yeah it, it, it was my upper back all right, let's talk about road to recovery. And first off, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not one to usually talk about this, but that had to be about the cutest thing I've ever seen with uh, your son Layton pushing you out of the uh, uh, out of the uh, ICU room in the in the cart that, that went around Facebook about two weeks ago. I, I had a good chuckle about that. Yeah, he didn't like it being in there. Um, he didn't really quite understand. Obviously, you know, he's just one years old. He doesn't like quite understand why dad's in. Why am I stuck my grandparents? Why is mommy and daddy at the hospital? Why is my dad mm-hmm. in a wheelchair? And uh, they came up, you know, once or two, you know, they came up every, every day. Um, late and, you know, Katrina, Katrina, my mom stayed by my side the whole way. And I can't thank them enough for that. I know both of them had to work and, uh, you know, and my mom offered Katrina to go home and she didn't leave my side one bit. Uh, she left the day before I did because it was a Monday and she had to get back to work. But, uh, she's she was right there by my side through the whole thing and uh i can tell you what there were some pretty unpleasant times (laughs) you know just being in the hospital you know having to get up and use the restroom and not be able to function um having to shower and you know just being on meds and um, me not being the most pleasant person either you know hurt hurt and you know it just yeah (laughs) no he said well you're a ledger (laughs) yeah no that's not true i mean i i Oh, you're not a ledger. I can tell you that I'm a I'm a good guy to be around, but uh, yeah, you know, well, just it's it's, it's anybody just though. This, it, I mean, just being on the pain meds yeah. and all the meds I was on, you know, try to you know get my body to relax and try to get me comfortable. It was, I know I was a lot in the hospital. Yeah. I, I, it, that's anybody though. I mean, Ned Flanders and Mother Teresa probably had their times where somebody said, "Boy." That you know, they're a being jerk a or, or a, yeah, you know. I mean, everybody has their bad days, especially when you're talking about the situation you're in. And yeah. I mean, kudos to Katrina because you guys are just dating. You're not married yet, right? Nope, nope, not yeah. yet. And, and and she's there. I mean, by your side. I mean, that's that's got to go a long ways towards you kind of thinking. Well, this might be a lifelong thing for us because I mean, she she was there. It, yeah, some no, people no, no. and that's that, that's kind of the rolling joke. So we got back, you know, after I got after I got out of the hospital, and I did a week in Omaha. I did my week in Omaha, and uh, we went to my family doctor, got all my records transferred over from Avera and and whatnot. And and my doctor, he was over here asking Katrina all this stuff, and Katrina had a damn booklet, like a notebook full <laughs> of all the things that I mean, from the time I got there, what they did to me, and everything, and literally handed them to the to my family doctor. And the time we checked out of there, he goes, you stayed there through the whole thing? She goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, Cody, you better not get rid of her. She's a keeper. <laughs> you know, and that, and that means yeah. a lot. You know, we've, yeah. we've been through this. We, you know, this is a very tough time because, I mean, let's be honest. How many Americans go through broken backs? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a plenty of fair share. But, I mean, this is, uh, you know, me and her, you know, we, we have a kid. Uh, we have a house. We're not married. You know, and we're, we're going through this. So we've gone through some pretty trialing times in the last two years since we've been together and we're not even married yet. So, you know, hopefully, uh, without a doubt, I think th- this will stand for a lifetime and uh, and we'll, we'll go we'll go the whole the whole hundred yards with this deal. That's awesome. Once again, we're talking with Cody Ledger, driver of the 35L. Let's talk about where you're at and, and what you've got to do 
to get back to normal day life? And, and is there going to be a normal day life? Or do you do the doctors think you're going to constantly be plugged with pain or issues, stiffness, yada, yada? Or do, do they feel comfortable you're going to be able to make a full recovery? Um, I won't be a quite full recovery. I've already had issues, you know, from last year with my bubble wreck. And uh, I've already been battling, you know, for two years with arthritis at, you know, 23, 24, now 25 years old. And uh, they said that where they where they fuse my where they fuse T1 and T3 together, that uh, I'm gonna have a great deal of pain there through the rest of my life with arthritis. Mm-hmm. And uh, but other than that, I think I, you know they're, they're pretty they're pretty hopeful that I'll have a, a full recovery after that. Um, with you know with minor minor things I won't be able to do probably you know mm-hmm. probably you know be able to like like sit sit ups you know working out stuff probably won't be able to do which. Not a big deal, you know. You were doing a lot of sit-ups before this workout. <laughs> You're right, I was. But just, just, just more, more, more for like for the the physical therapy part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, which you know, they uh, well, earlier in your question, you asked, you know, what, what am I doing right now? I'm actually having this conversation in my bedroom because my kids out in the living room watching a uh, shark dog and eating snacks. So this is the only <laughs> peaceful place I can find in the house right now um let's but, not keep you too long because we get you, you know uh, you got to keep an eye on a one-year-old boy ah uh, we got to gate up he's all right right now okay i got i got he's got a banana <laughs> he's got a banana some fruit loops and a, and a cartoon so i'm oh pretty my well God, he's set i'm kind of jealous care of for 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 a few for a few minutes here <laughs> but uh no they uh they gave me about four four months recovery time and uh i'm in a full back brace what kind of full back brace it's a weird brace that for the first four to six weeks and uh, actually, next Monday, I go up, we go up as a family to Sioux Falls, to see her family. And that Monday, we have a uh, follow up appointment with, uh, my, with my surgeon. So hopefully, you know, we'll get some good news there that maybe we can get, get the back brace part off and just have to wear the collar for the rest of the four months. So well, you, never, you never had a halo or anything then, right? I did have a halo for surgery. Okay. But not anything sustained so i mean i've seen people that have the halo on for six eight weeks type thing yours was very nope, short they, they they drilled my head in four four six spots they put a halo on for surgery and by the time i was out i had no idea about it until i saw the blood yeah well, they probably <laughs> uh, no, uh, pro- no probably halo enough drill bits drilling your head so they that we can't probably, do this I, you're right because that, that and that in that point i am a ledger i am very hard-headed <laughs> <laughs> did they have to get the hammer drill out <laughs> <laughs> that I, I that that might have been why the damn surgery t- took four, five hours to do. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they had to run them an hour to get the halo in. Oh my god, uh, man! I'm so happy that we're able to joke about this. But uh, do you have you even begun to contemplate your future yet? What you're thinking about? I mean, I, I know it's pretty fresh from the situation, and you got more important things to do. But you know, inquiring minds want to know: Are we going to see that 35L back out on the racetrack in 2022? uh right now we're just taking in the family time i got you know four months to recover we have the off season um i'm not making any any promises to anybody about any future uh future plans um right now the, the plan is to take it day by day and uh just actually really just thank thank god that uh i could actually you know be able to even possibly talk about possibly racing in the future but uh yeah. right now we're just taking it day by day and just living life at home and you know, just trying to raise, trying to raise our little boy. And that's gotta be the hardest thing is I, like your dad and I were talking about during the fall brawl, 
he said Cody's not the kind of guy to j- kid to just sit around. Like he's always got to be doing something. And now you literally have doctor's orders to sit around. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> How's your Netflix and, and the thing game? Is, like, I can't, and I can't, and I, it, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It didn't suck because I, I want to do stuff and, and I want to go out and, and it sucks. Yeah. I've never been one to sit home and, you know, I've worked for my dad since I don't know how old I was. That's how old I, that's all I've been working for my dad. Since well and before so, child labor laws. <laughs> yeah. So for me, this actually have to have to be told by doctor to sit here and then I can't work and I can't, mm-hmm. and I can't, you know, do anything. I mean, hell, I can't even drive. My truck's not even in my house. My truck's the race shop because they don't want me to be stupid and get in my truck and drive because I yeah. don't have the ability to drive right now. Are you watching anything good on Netflix? I just finished up watching Friday Night Lights, the TV show, again, okay. for the second time. Okay. Um, I've watched some other couple of series. I don't remember. I've watched some good movies, and uh, I got a whole list of my in my, uh, my wish list to watch yeah. in the next few months here, so. Yeah, I've been slowly adding to mine during the race season, and uh, I'm I'm excited in uh, February or at the end of October when we're back from Kansas Speedway is basically the end of my busy season, so I might be able to get caught up on that wish list. Yeah, and it's nice because you know Katrina was laid up, you know, for maternity maternity time, and when she mm-hmm. got laid off for COVID, and so she got all her Netflix time in, got to watch all her TV shows, so now I get a unfortunately I get to watch all mine now. <laughs> We've been talking with Cody Ledger, driver of the 35L. Uh, I'm sure that you have been overwhelmed by the support and of the community that uh, I, I honestly think is is the one thing that the racing community stands out with. When one of our own gets hurt, so many people give more than they can afford to to uh, to help out with medical bills and and to send their love and support. Yeah, there's been a lot. You know, it starts off. You know, the first weekend we were out of a car was at IAD with the ASCS and. The, the two day show there. And I can't thank all the fans and drivers that helped pass the helmet and uh, helped raise money for us there. And then even, even back at Houston's last week, and we got word that uh, they did a pass the helmet there, you know, and then it, it really helps offset, you know, the, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not working right now and we're just, it's just Katrina working. Mm-hmm. Then uh, John and Amber Soprano, they, uh, they put on a huge fundraiser for gas cards to help, help us or help Katrina pay for gas you know, as we got to make multiple trips up to Sioux Falls now for doctor visits. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's kind of the little creative things that I, I love, John. I love that entire family. They're just such great people. But what an off the wall, incredibly useful thing. A lot of people say, well, let's just put money into a helmet and, and go. And and they said, well, let's do something a little bit different. Let's get gas cards because that I mean, that's that's one of those off the wall things that is going to be so helpful over the next couple of months. Well, yeah, it's just one of those expenses that not a lot of people think about when, you know, when a guy you know, or a racer gets an accident out of a state from where they live and, how, you know, most mm-hmm. likely the surgeon's going to want them to come up and visit them so the surgeon can see how, how things, you know, how things are going. And luckily it's only a two and a half hour drive, but uh, with only having one income right now, that really, really helps a lot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised. I, I said, you know, one of the great benefits of this whole thing is that you live close to Omaha. So and Omaha's got an amazing medical community. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't transferred you down here to another surgeon. Yeah, the transferring part of things has kind of been a pain in the butt lately. Uh, it's kind of been like pulling teeth with a Vera. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate your time. It was great talking to you. And uh, let's let's try and not go another two years again, uh, getting you on the show and, and just coming on and saying hi. Yeah, sounds good to me.
Once again, that was Cody Ledger, driver of the 35L 360 and 410 sprint car throughout the area and the number 47 Stan Caesar Racing. Race Saver 305. Uh, like I said a couple of times, you know, it's it sucked to talk to him in that condition, but it was also nice that we actually got to talk to him. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. Uh, that's, a, that's a scary accident, and that's one of those that that could be a career ender for Cody. I mean, like, like he said, you know, they're going to take their time and decide what they're going to do once he's fully healed, but that could be a career ender for him. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they'll when he's done with his four months and they do a couple more scans and they just look at everything, you know, doctor's going to advise him one way or another. Yeah. You know, you know and I didn't want to bring it up. I don't know, maybe if I should have or not, but a year and a half ago, I think this accident would have been a different thing than it is today because now all of a sudden he's faced with the reality that he's got a little boy he's got to take care of. And he got lucky with this one. He's still alive, maybe, maybe hurt for, for the rest of his life and dealing with pain and stuff, but he's still alive to take care of his son. You know, I, I wonder how much that's going to weigh into the factor of if he decides to go racing again. Well, there's a lot of it that's going to weigh in. I mean, let's face it. He was probably very close to being in that chair permanently. Yeah. Yep. No. Uh, glad to get him on the show. Glad he's okay. Glad he's on the road to recovery. And uh, yeah. Uh, the show continues. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk news and notes from Vegas. We're going to get you set for this weekend's races at IED Speedway. And we're going to talk with Nick Dice of Tuxedo Park Raceway. Wait, did I say that right? I don't think I said that right. Mm, I think you did say it right. And that's why you're surprised. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> I'm pulling it up on Facebook. It's taking forever. Tuxedo Park Raceway. I did say it right. Holy cow. This is, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? So we're going to talk with Nick Dice of Tuxedo Park Raceway. They announced on Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday evening that their season was going to be coming to an abrupt end as they were going to be closing out their season due to some issues. So we're going to talk to Nick about that. we got a lot of shows still to come. Make sure you hang around. Big thanks to all of our great sponsors. Hang tight during the commercial break. We'll be right back. I'm Dan Taylor. That's Dirk Houston. This is the French Stretch Podcast. Thanks, Cody. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Taylor Computers and Repair, and I got another laptop for you that I think is going to go over great. Now this one I think is going to be perfect for a student, whether it be high school or college, because it's a 14-inch HP ProBook 640G2 that has been upgraded to a 240 gig solid state hard drive. This also boasts an Intel i3 2.3 gigahertz processor and it comes with eight gigs of RAM and is a Windows 10 Pro. One thing that it comes with that I haven't mentioned yet that is gonna be perfect for a student is the fingerprint scanner. It's another level of security that you can take advantage of today. Now, if you wanna get more information about this HP 14 inch ProBook 640 G2 for just $450, you can always reach out to me at Tailored Computers and Repair on Facebook. 
love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things. Great times, great food, get too quick to stake and lose. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV, featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get too quick to steak and lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back into turn number two, continuing our uh, coverage of all things racing. Most things racing. We do miss a couple of things here and there. Uh, I wanted to do, uh, while we're waiting for Nick to get freed up from working, I wanted to talk about a couple of the news and notes that are happening around the area. The first one I wanted to talk about was uh, Joey Gase in a very, very rough accident at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. During the Cup Series race on Sunday evening, uh, Joey was uh, in a rough accident when his left rear wheel came off the car which uh, led him to heavy contact into the outside retaining wall, and he went airborne. Medical staff uh, was at the track, decided to take the precautionary majors, measures and transported Joey to be evaluated. Uh, looks like Joey uh, hasn't gotten much of an update, although, uh, excuse me, looks like Joey was treated and released from the Vegas hospital. He's going to be further evaluated when he gets back to Charlotte. And again, that was on Sunday, so this is a couple of days ago. Uh, well, Monday, probably when he was released. So this was a couple of days ago. Uh, he's probably been evaluated by those by those um, medical professionals. But uh, Dirk, I don't know if you get to see the accident. I got it turned on late. I did not see it. Uh, scary accident there for uh, for an Iowa vet, uh, Iowa driver of Joey Gase. Yeah. Um, you know, those mile and a half tracks carry a lot of speed. So um, any accident can... Uh, be a catastrophe at those tracks i you know i just rate everything against michael mcdowell's wreck at texas <laughs> 10 11 years ago whatever it was yeah and uh because that's one of the scariest ones i've ever seen yep 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 uh so good news there joey gase on the road to recovery but again they were just taking precautionary measures after Sunday's race, Kevin Harvick's crew chief, Rodney Childers, who we talked about during last week's show, received a contract extension to remain at Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, Rodney has got the weekend off as he was suspended from all NASCAR competition after uh, Kevin Harvick's number four car was found to have, I believe it would be two missing lug nuts during post-race inspection. In the meantime, Greg Zipadelli, uh, Cup Series winning crew chief, uh, championship crew chief of Tony Stewart's. And I believe Greg is the current competition director for Stuart Haas racing. He's going to be filling in for Rodney Childress as Rodney is on a uh, work imposed vacation. Uh, I, I don't know if it's called work imposed, but uh, NASCAR imposed <laughs> NASCAR imposed vacation. I like that. There we go. But uh, yeah. And whether, you know, whether that's going to make a, be a big hiccup for Harvick you know it's Talladega so this is kind of the race to do it at right I mean there's not there's there's strategy that goes into all these races but I think you kind of summed it up perfect it's Talladega <laughs> well the, the strategy would be um Childress is going to be watching it somewhere there's going to be a cell phone a laptop there's going to be communication between yep. him and Zippendelli and you know, Zip's been there. He knows everything that's he going on. He knows what on. to do. Yeah. It, it, this isn't like 
you know, Pocono, it, this is going to be a lot of the strategy I think is going to be planned out ahead of time. And Kevin's a veteran enough driver that he'll know what to do in the heat of the moment, exactly what to do. He, I, I don't see this being a major hiccup for that team. Yeah, I don't either, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the engineer is still going to be there. Uh, you know, a couple of those guys, you know, and Zippo, I'm sure we'll be talking to them quite a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, it's, it's not like you make monster chassis adjustments at Talladega. Right. And, and coming up in, in the show later, uh, once we get done talking with Nick Dice, we're going to talk strategy for Talladega today. Round number two of the uh, race, number two in the round of 12, we're going to talk about strategy for the four drivers that are below the cut line and one or two, maybe three drivers that are above the cut line, but just barely above the cut line. We're going to talk strategies going into today's race at Talladega. Uh, there's a couple of more news and notes I wanted to get to, but let's get to our uh, our friend Nick Dice, who's going to be joining us on the show now. We'll come back to news and we'll talk recap from Vegas and points and how all that stuff uh, rolled out. But Nick Dice, uh, the the uh, man behind the decision of Tuxedo Park Raceway uh, joining us on the show now. And first off, Nick, the last time we talked to you, I believe you were missing your phone due to a uh, Butterfingers incident at a amusement park. How did that end up turning out? Did you ever find your phone? No, we never did find that. Uh, that was <laughs> it wasn't even a Butterfingers. It was in my pocket. And, oh, it was uh, in your. Oh, it went upside down and it did not come back down with me. So uh, now we never did find, never did find that. I think I called you guys on my wife's phone. If I remember right. Yeah. It was kind <laughs> of a scramble to get you because we, we really wanted to talk to you to get your season kicked off. And, yep, for and sure. you were like, man, I'm so sorry. I, I, my phone, it, you know, yada, yada, it, whatever happened, <laughs> yep. it's kind of one of those yep. funny things. Any other day that would have been just a, an inconvenience, but then you're trying to do an interview with the, uh, with the racing show and you're like, gosh, darn it. Yeah, it was a that was a not convenient. We made it work, right? Yep, it was a good interview, and, and I expect the same out of tonight. Although, I, man, tonight's going to be a rough one. I I read most of the statements that you released regarding the remainder of the season and the situation surrounding uh, you deciding to cancel the remainder of the season. Uh, but if you could, for the fans that haven't seen that post yet and haven't seen the uh, the conversation, if you could talk to us about what's going on. Oh, you know, I mean, I know you kind of started this out with saying, you know, the man that made the decision, but in all honesty, it's my family. And when I talk about my family, I'm talking about my wife, my kids, um, my mother and father are very specifically my father are extremely involved and my father-in-law has been very involved this year. So um, it was a decision that was made by all of us. Um, we've, we'd seen, we'd seen the escalation of several of our racers, how slash parents this year. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it really started to get out of hand, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And, and we just decided that we've got two races left. Um, if we were to, to do any penalties or anything like that, we felt like it would have escalated even more. And it was just the best case scenario for everyone just to call it a season. That's really too bad. It, it kind of feels like you're dealing with the same situation of like little league sports where the kids are having fun. They're, they're participating in the competition Unfortunately, it's the fa- the parents that are spoiling the uh, the barrel of apples. Well, unfortunately, it's it's some racers too. But um, you know, it's it's funny that you bring up the the baseball example because you, one of the things that I tell everybody at at our pit meeting, specifically to the parents, but um, you know, you are a coach, so you know, tell me a sport where every single participant out there has their own individual coach. 
-hmm. And really, you know, we've all had bad coaches and we can tell you, we can, I'll tell you that why this coach was bad or what they did. Well, if half my field of 20 racers out there has a bad coach out there, then I, then I'm going to have a bad race uh, and they're going to go back and it's just going to continue to get worse. And they're all going to learn those behaviors. And it's, it's just been tough. I mean, it's, it's been a tough year. Um, we've got some great, we've got just uh, awesome people that, that come down to our racetrack, but I mean, I'm just going to be honest that we got two or three people that are ruining it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, we just, what, what we felt and the way the last three days have gone, um, the, um, me, both my family and myself, I mean, we just feel like it isn't worth it. And, you know, as, like I said, as it, as it's escalated from, you know, threats. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I don't really put a whole lot into them, but I, I'm, we're not here. I don't want kids hearing a bunch of profanity. I don't want kids seeing people pushing and shoving. Um, I don't think there's going to be any fighting or violence or anything like that, but they don't need to see that. Um, you know, they pay to go down there and race. And I feel strongly that that's the type of thing that wasn't, there was, it wasn't going to happen. I mean, there was going to be, there was going to be issues and sometimes you just gotta, you gotta stop it before it happens. And I think, I feel like that's what we're doing. Well, it's a, go ahead. Dirk. But you're, you're stopping it on the extreme end, in my opinion. I mean, I've been around the sport of racing forever. Um, that's why they suspend people. Yeah. So, and, and I, I think you bring up a great point. Um, I'm, I'm at the point right now where we have two late, two races left in the season. And I just, I actually believe we, we did, we did talk about this and this did come up, but I believe if I suspend anybody right now, it's going to make it worse. Um, it, so, it very well could. yeah. And, and so I don't know, I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, right? So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, that I believe if I was to make the decision to suspend anybody, we felt like that that would potentially be worse than, than just calling it a season. So, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's not easy. I mean, you know, it's, it's terribly disappointing. Uh, we have some great people that support us. We have little kids that would, um, rather come out and race than watch the Huskers lose. You know, like it's, it's one of those things that it's one of those things. That was a joke. I didn't get any laughs there. I laughed. Um, all right. All right. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, I don't want us to take for granted, you know, um, I think you saw in the, in the posting that I put out there, you know, we started with 20 carts four years ago. We're doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it, it didn't happen on accident that, that we've grown as much as we have. It didn't happen on accident that we have the support that we have, but I'll tell anybody, um, and I'll get you, I'll give you another story here. It, it only takes one or two people to ruin the entire program. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I got a friend, I got a friend, uh, Mike Stoffern that runs Plessis up in Hartley, Iowa, um, outside of, uh, by the orange city area up there. Um, he, he got into altercation with a driver that had, had issues at, at multiple tracks around and, and he, and he actually, I mean, he got into it with the driver and, and you never want to see that happen, mm -hmm. but Mike was considering closing his track for good. And this was another social media thing that I saw on there. Mike and I talk once a month, probably. Um, and, and I called up Mike and, and I said, don't close. And, uh, I said, what happened to you could very well be me. And that was two, that was, that was about six weeks ago. And, uh, so I went up there and I ran Mike's last race for him so that he could hit, he, he could hit the reset button. Um, so here, I, I feel like that we're doing the same thing. It is me now. And unfortunately I don't have anybody that I can just plug in there, but we're going to hit the reset button as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you talked about not having a crystal ball. I mean, 
these Facebook people writing on Facebook, there's plenty of crystal balls out there. Just follow. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's uh, the number, you know, I've been, I've been around specifically, I've been around car racing, but you know, I grew up in Omaha. So, you know, it was Eagle on Friday, sunset on sun on Sunday. And then typically sometimes we'd go to Corning on, on Saturday. I've been around racing my entire life. Yeah. Um, it, I, I had no idea when I started this four years ago, what it was like to run a racetrack and nobody does every, well, I take that back. Everybody knows what it's like to run a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, no, no one has any idea. Um, it, it's, 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 it never stops. Um, the questions come from everywhere. Uh, you know, there's always an issue that you have to fix. Something's broken. Um, I'm, I'm not complaining. I mean, it, it is what it is. I signed up for it, but you know, going back to what, where we originally started with this is that, sometimes people just need to back off, you know, um, it's, you just showed up and you're already looking for holes in the program. I mean, like I said, um, I, I really do believe that we do a pretty good job. Um, I, I think things for the most part of have gone very well and, and they'll continue to go well, but sometimes you just got to take out the trash. Yeah. I, I agree with you on most of it. I, but some, the one thing you said there is that you, you signed up for it, but there are still some aspects of promoting that they fall on the, the, the drivers and the teams to not necessarily be that crappy to the promoter. I've watched it with you. I've watched it with, I'm, I'm talking to you about it. I've watched it with Roger Hayden and, and Racine. I've watched it with Joe and Lisa and Steve at I-80. It, it, I've watched it with Doug Bates or Doug Bats at, uh, at Shelby County Speedway. I've watched it at Crawford County Speedway. I mean, I've watched it at every track that I've worked at and been to. People just seem to look at the promoter as the punching bag and, and say, well, you know what? I, 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 I ruined my tire tonight and that's your fault. And well, that may not be actually the promoter's fault. Have you ever thought of throttle control? Have you ever considered that? But they don't, they, they just throw it on the promoter and decide to, to bash them and destroy them. And it, unfortunately it's, you know, I posted about it a couple of weeks ago. We are our own worst enemies in this sport, now, whether it be it fans or drivers. We had a situation just a couple of weeks ago where we had we had a, a dad that had a had a son out there racing. The, the the dad is an amazing guy. The kid seems like a great kid. I don't know him as well, but the dad is a great guy. Um, his, his kid struggled a little bit this year. Um, you know, has has now made some mistakes and run into some people, and and it happens frequently. And and uh, like I said, uh, really great guy. He came up to me and, and, and talked to me about me picking on his kid and, you know, need to make some changes. And, and, you know, I basically just said to him, I, I just don't see it that way. You know, like he's the one that needs to fix what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So I, so on that end, I got that guy upset with me. I go home and I start getting texts from people that race against this, this person that I was just talking to saying, when are you going to do something about, about this individual's driving? So I, now I got, I got guy on one side saying that I'm picking on him. I got a guy on the other side saying, Hey, here's four other people that say you're not doing enough. So now I got, if I don't do something, you're going to lose somebody either way. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's just, it, you know, again, it, it comes with the territory, but like you said, Oh, some of the things, some of the things you, you just, you can't control and, and the ownership and the accountability, you know, like that example you said about the tire. I mean, that's something that Roger's been hammered on forever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, I guess I, I, one of the things that I always say, and people hate it, if you don't, if you guys don't like the product that we're putting out there, then, you know, you just don't have to come here. I, I know I'm not making you come here. Right. Um, you know, uh, and I've been, I've been beat up for that a little bit and I, I don't, I don't mean it negatively. Um, you know, like I said, I've been racing, I've been around carding for 30 years. There's plenty of tracks that I don't go back to just because they don't match with me. 
you know, it, it's just not, it, it, you know, whether it's the staff, whether it's the racetrack, um, whether something just doesn't work out, I have to make a decision as a consumer if that's the place that I want to continue to attend and spend my money. Of course, we'd love to, we'd love that everything is perfect. And, but uh, they have Google reviews out there and all that stuff for a reason, you know, yeah. like not everybody yeah. likes the burrito that they just got, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, you, you it, don't, you don't have to take to, to the, to social media and destroy a place. Creative criticism is something. I mean, I think it goes a long ways. If I was unhappy with your Nick Dice's decision-making, call you up and have a conversation with you. Nine times out of 10, that conversation is going to end cordially. That even if you guys agree to disagree, I got it off my chest. I told you what I didn't like. You listened and maybe it will factor in later on, but you don't have to go down and destroy somebody for it. Yeah. And there's a few people that are like that. You know, I, I just think of one guy in particular and he's moved on to the micros right now, but uh, he was a sponsor of our racetrack and he would always give me feedback. And, and uh, uh, typically a lot of it was negative, but he was always so tactful and respectful um, when he did it. Uh, I I would say that's pretty rare. Um, But, you know, we even have had, we've had some situations even this year where um, I have another problem where I have my kids race there. Uh, so that makes it even more difficult uh, in right. some aspects because of because of favoritism. Um, but uh, I, I had an issue this year where where um, a parent had accused me of favoritism. And when he got home, uh, you know, he sent me a message and said, hey, look, it was a heat of the moment. I apologize. And, and I, I really appreciate that. I mean, to yeah. me, to me, it's just something that, uh, you know, you step up, you reflect and, and you just come back and say, you know what, uh, maybe I wasn't right in that situation. And, and it, it just, it happens, you know. Do you find yourself, it's a bad thing to ask. And I apologize if, I, if I'm going the wrong way, but. Uh-oh. <laughs> do you find yourself almost happy when your kid doesn't win? Because you're relieved that you don't have to deal with the negativity behind him winning. Because if he wins, you obviously stacked it so that he would win. Well, that's that's actually not a bad question because it does go through my head. So it's one of those things where I I can tell you one thing for sure. I hope if if one of my boys does win, it's not like with a controversial pass mm-hmm. or or because of a black flag or a call that we had to make. You know that that I the one example I've I've had situations where my sons have lost races because I didn't want to make a call. It's yeah. happened, and um. I, but you know, no one, no one knows that, um, you know, it just becomes kind of maybe a cliche story that the promoter tells for people to feel sorry for them. Well, now um, six people know it. So yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Got that, um, get that wide broadcast throwing the yep. wide net, but, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's part of the deal. You know, I've told people all along, uh, the, the amount of time that I take away from my family to do this, my boys are going to race here. So again, I expect that I'm going to hear that feedback. Mm-hmm. I, but I, that's another thing that I tell everybody, you know, it's one of the things we say at our pit meeting every week, there's going to be a bad call tonight. We are going to miss something. And what I tell everybody is I hope that there's not a trend that we consistently miss problems uh, with you, you know, Mm -hmm. like that that you always come out on the wrong end of the stick, but uh, long story short, the message is somebody's going to get screwed tonight. Uh, Maybe multiple people, but hopefully that's not the trend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, I think overall we're doing good. Uh, it's just, it's, we need to hit the reset button. Nick Dice joining us of tuxedo park raceway. Yeah. You're not going to see every mistake on the track. You know, you're not going to have the angle to make the correct call every time, but if if you're getting 90 to 95% of them, right, you're doing just fine. Well above average. 
Yeah, I'll take 90 every day. Well, and, and then yep. this is kind of a funny thing. This is not isolated just our sport. This is any sport. You hit that 90% and you're still going to make people mad with making the right call because the right call went against them. And so well, all of a sudden, went against somebody. Yeah. Right. And so all of a sudden you don't like them. Uh, you're, you're, you're stacking the races for somebody else. You're doing this, you're doing that. And, and all you did was make the right call. Well, and the other thing is, the other thing is cheating. You know, everybody's a cheater, you know, and <laughs> the, the, the carding carding's hilarious because, you know, carding is a momentum sport. So when you watch car, it's almost like the 305 sprint cars, the 305 sprint cars are a momentum. It's a momentum race. Yeah. So, um, you, you watch, you watch the carts that go through the corner. Well, they're, they're going to win guys. I mean, like, I don't know what else to tell you that cart drives through the corner. Well, but automatically everybody's cheating and it's just one of those things. And that's never, it's always been that way, but it, but it never, it never gets easier or fun. I guess the deal fun's probably not the right word, but to deal with, because all you constantly hear is the person's, this person's winning. And, you know, there's so many, te- there's so many ways that you can, or they're cheating. I'm sorry. There's so many ways that you can tell, you know, you can listen to the throttle, you can watch them go and people just don't, they just don't make that effort. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I've, I get a kick out of people who win all the time and people say, well, they're just winning because they're cheating. And I'm like, well, they're spending more time in tech inspection than anybody else. Yeah, you think eventually yeah. and it's a number game. Eventually they're going to find something. And I'll tell you, there's very few tech officials that see the same driver win three weeks in a row that don't think I got to, I got to really look at that car and make sure it's legal. I really got to be under a microscope this time. And so instead of tech and one thing, they're going to tech two or three things and not to make it sound negative. They're going to try to find something. They're always trying to find something, but when somebody's continuously winning, their red flag is up just as much as every other competitors out there. And they're, they're well, looking for something. I mean, I can comment on this. We spent eight weeks looking for something on a car at I-80 back in the early 2000s after sunset closed those first couple of years. It took us that long to find it. Yeah. You know, it, it was that it was that good of a cheat. That's a show, Dirk, you and I still have to do. We have to get a bunch of people on the show that will talk about the ways they cheated, that will openly talk about it. Because I think that is just so fascinating, the way some of these people – get around the rules and, and find ways to, to circumvent. Yeah. Well, you'll have people bragging about stuff that never happens. The problem. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Especially when they're retired. They're like, oh, well, I had cheated up fuel. <laughs> anyway, we got some opportunities. We've had a really hard time find getting people to work out at the track. Um, yeah. One of our racers fills in and does our tech. So, I mean, we don't, we're, we're not, we're not getting the microscope out to try to find these things, but it's, it's adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we run a spec tire, we run a, a $99 Harbor freight motor in some of the classes um, and some of the other classes we have an open motor. So um, the, the differences that we're seeing in the performance in the, in the racing, there's not, there, there's not a lot of performance gains to be had out there, but for sure it's something that we want to tighten up going forward. I know I've heard some great things. You and you said it too, Nick. You are doing some great things at Tuxedo. You're, I mean, no, just, and, and, you're, and mo- it, you're majorly moving the needle. It, it helps. I mean, it, it helps. We we have great people behind us. We have great people supporting us. Um, we have fantastic sponsors. Uh, you know what? When I went up to help Mike up in up in Hartley, Iowa, with his race, you know, one of the things that I told 
one of the things that I told there the, at that pit meeting, uh, it was, I said to his group, I said, you guys have to start speaking up as a, as a crew. And ironically, I said, it's not about Facebook posts. It's about, it's about you guys here in the pits that like racing here. And you have to be a part of running off the riffraff. Yeah. And, um, I, I think the pit, the pit areas need to become more, more vocal. Um, they need to, if they like what they're doing, you know, even if you don't like the personality of the individual, I'm not going to get into that, but you know, like maybe not everybody likes the promoter, but they like the product that's put out there. Then you got to be a part of running off the riffraff. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it's not, it's not comments on Facebook. It's getting out there. It's, it's, it's being vocal and it's just getting back support. And I guess for lack of a better term, just being that army behind the, behind the racetrack. Nick Dice of Tuxedo Raceway Park. Uh, excuse me. Damn it. I was going to do it. Tuxedo Park Raceway. Nick, uh, <laughs> appreciate you joining us on short, such short notice. Uh, sorry you got to go through this stuff. But again, like I said, you're, you're doing a great job. I know a lot of people are really happy with what's going on at TPR. It's a little bit easier for me to say. There's so many people to thank. And I just one comment I want to make before I end here. You, know, you said sorry that we're having to go through this. This is just part of the deal. Um, I, I think we're going to come out of this better. But unfortunately, we're going to have to feel a little pain um, before before we make the improvements that we're going to have. So I, just, I view this as an opportunity and we're going to come up better. All right, man. Uh, best All luck right. to you in 2022. You know, you got an open mic with us anytime you want to talk. No, you guys are awesome. Thank you. All right. So once again, that's Nick Dice of Tuxedo Park Raceway. I mean, it was Vegas had good odds that I was going to screw that up eventually. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those eyes were steep that you weren't yeah. going to make the whole whole recording with it. I went quite a ways. Uh, I think I went farther than the uh, Husker kicker did. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. That was probably my favorite comment was Nick said, I threw a joke out there. Nobody laughed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bringing up the, the kicker deal. There were some there were some great comments all over <laughs> Facebook after that. Boy, you want to talk favorite, about you want to talk about people bro- that are getting roasted. Oh. My favorite one was the person that said their dog could kick better than that backwards. <laughs> uh, all right. Once again, uh, Nick Dice of Tuxedo Park Raceway. Uh, unfortunately, ending their season early, you can see the entire statement on the Front Stretch, Front Stretch Facebook page. Let's get back to some of the conversation news and notes. One really, really cool thing that uh, that is going on. Kurt Busch was inspired by a young fan to do the window of hope where he changed his window net to be pink. And looks like all teams are going to be doing that as a, um, a tribute or, or maybe an awareness to, to cancer, breast cancer awareness month, cancer awareness month that's coming up in October. Uh, so kind of a cool deal there with that, that pink window net. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, we always talk about how the race car family community, et cetera, comes together to support things, to support racers, what, whatever they're supporting. Yeah. And, uh, it just runs right along that line. So cool deal there. And, and I love seeing the sports do that. You know, I think during October, uh, NFL actually approves teams to wear pink shoes in support of cancer awareness month. Um, and they do various colors. But uh, yeah, October is coming up and, uh, and, and you're going to do, uh, I think uh, I-80 Speedway is doing their breast cancer awareness race during the Cornhusker Classic, the 8th and 9th. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, just wear pink. You'll have a great time. NASCAR announced the 2022 schedules for the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. We're going to make it real quick and simple and just let you guys know there are no races scheduled for Iowa Speedway. Nope, but uh, the trucks are at Knoxville on June 
18th, I believe it was. Okay. Is that close to Father's Day? Uh, probably a week before. Okay. Or right. it might be that weekend. I mean, it's going to be the last part of June somewhere. You can see the entire schedules on NASCAR. I don't want to go through it. It's going to take a lot of time that you could just read on Facebook, but no Iowa Speedway races for any of the three major NASCAR touring series. Hopefully 2023 will be a change of that, but uh, we'll continue to cross our fingers and uh, on hope for the best. Um, let's talk about the Vegas results and what we're going to see at Talladega or at least point standings uh, as far as uh, how they rolled out. Denny Hamlin ended up getting the win over Chase Elliott, who was tracking him down late in that race. I kind of looked up with a couple of laps to go and I, I said, holy crap, Chase is there. Chase has got a shot at this and, and he really ate away at Denny's lead late in that race, but Denny was able to hold on and get the win. Chase Elliott finishes second, Kyle Busch third, Martin Trix Jr. fourth, Ryan Blaney fifth, Tyler Reddick, great run for uh, TR in the number eight machine. A heck of a run there for sixth, uh, Brad Kozlowski seventh, Kurt Busch eighth, Kevin Harvick ninth, and Kyle Larson tenth. Bad days, uh, no real playoff contenders had a really bad day. Christopher Bell finished 24th, Alex Bowman 22nd, William Byron 18th, and that's why you're seeing those guys down there below the cut line. Now, Christopher Bell and Bowman both lost, uh, both had unscheduled stops for tires. So that Fell just lap down and couldn't get recovered. I, I don't know if they ever got recovered, but it just got them way out of sync. I mean, Alex Bowman was up running roughly around 12th and uh, Christopher Bell was in the top 10 off and on. So, you know, that just, it just ruins your day, you yeah. know, just all there is to it. Denny Hamlin got the win, so he is locked into the next round. Kyle Larson is 57 points above the cut line. Kyle Busch, 35 points above the cut line. Martin Tricks Jr., 31 points above the cut line. Those three drivers are comfortable. Kyle Larson, though, mathematically not locked into the next round yet. There could be a driver that, you know, if if uh, Brad Kozlowski goes out there and, well, basically if Larson goes out there and wrecks on lap number one, it provided that none of the other playoff drivers are involved in that major accident, he could be in rough shape going into the final race of the round. But uh, 57 points should be okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see him doing a whole bunch of racing for the first 90% of the race. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is just like when we went to Daytona to end the regular season, the scenarios these guys use is going to very much determine how the stages end and where they're sitting in that final stage. Kyle Larson could very easily just say, you know what? We're just going to take it easy. I don't need to be involved in a major accident today. I'm going to try to finish in the top 10 in, in both of the stages. But if I don't, it's better that I roll across the start finish line at the end of the race rather than on than, than I end up on the hauler with. Uh, not completing the race or end up on the, uh, the tow truck, not ending, not completing the race. Yeah. Your four guys that are below the cut line, they got to go out and get every point they can. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as the rest of if, them, this was one of them I was kind of thinking about Kevin Harvick is seven points behind eighth place. He is currently in 10th. Does, does he kind of ride around and take it easy and no. let that big one happen and wipe out a majority of the field? Or or does he try to stay up at the front and, and mix it up and try to win this race? No, he tries to get to the front, so he avoids the big one. Okay. That's where he's going to try and go, and that's what he does anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, he tries to get at the front of Talladega. He's not a, a middle-of-the-pack runner there. He wants to be on the point. Um, Alex Bowman's in the same boat. He's, what, 12 points back or something like that. Uh, 13 back for Bowman, 25 back for Christopher Bell. You know, and uh, uh, Denny Hamlin's going to go out and try and win the race because that's points that he can get 
that other guys can't. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's not only a getting points for the next round. Well, that doesn't actually make sense. You don't, your, your point, not that it doesn't make sense. It's not applicable. Your points do not transfer from round to round bonus points. At least they do not transfer from round to round. Right. Uh, so if Hamlin goes out and wins this race or gets stage points, that doesn't affect the next round other than, well, it doesn't affect it at all because he's already locked into the next round. But what it does do is take away a win or extra points from ninth, 10th, 11th, to 12th. And that's exactly what I said. It's points yeah. other people can't get. Right. And and if he would win the race, then that's an automatic advance that's not out there. Mm-hmm. You know, theoretically, three guys automatically advance, you know, but if one guy wins two races, you cut that down to only two guys automatically advancing. And, right. uh, you know, then the points become a bigger deal. So, but so- yeah, he'll go out and. You know, he's going to try and his ego is going to put him out front anyway, if he can, if he's got the car to do it. I wouldn't be surprised with the Toyota cars. If you see Denny Hamlin in particular, trying to help Christopher Bell quite a bit. Right. Trying to figure out a way to get him into the next round. Correct. Speaking of that, Talladega's race on Sunday, the Yellowwood 500, not yellow. It is Yellowwood 500 pressure treated pine uh, is, uh, one o'clock on Sunday, the race is on NBC, the NBC major network, MRN and Sirius XM for the coverage. Once again, picks are due at one o'clock for your uh, Rick Havenridge Pickums contest. Make sure to get your picks in on time. The race is this weekend for, for IED Speedway, the Malvern Bank Championship Series race. This is both for the Hoker Trucking and Malvern Bank East and West Series, as well as the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Cars. Races are going to be Friday and Saturday. Make sure to get out to the racetrack. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous and a little chilly at night. Make sure you get out to the racetrack and enjoy some great racing. Friday and Saturday at 80 Speedway for the Malvern Bank West Hoker Trucking East Super Late Model Series Championships and the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Championship Weekend. Uh, once again, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to all of the uh, great sponsors we've got. Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Lube today and make sure to get yourself some delicious food, delicious wings. Uh, by the way, those of you that are following, we are uh, I'm, I'm falling just a little bit short on my uh, fundraising efforts to get to $2,500. Uh, it started off great. I'm at $845. But I got to get to $2,500, and the reason why I bring that up is because if I do, you're all going to get to watch a Facebook Live video of me eating the Triple Atomic Challenge Wings at Quaker Steak and Lube. Once again, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Big thanks to Joe's Carding for always supporting the front stretch. Of course, Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners and Taylor Computers and Repair. Dirk, anything I missed? Anything we need to cover today? No, I think we got most of it. There really wasn't a whole lot of, you know, major NASCAR news or really anything local. I agree. I think we got it all. Uh, if we missed anything, make sure to uh, message the Front Stretch Facebook page and we'll try to get to it next time. For all of our great supporters, please make sure to like and share the Front Stretch so we can continue to grow. Big thanks to all of our sponsors. A big thanks to uh, Cody Ledger and Nick Dice for joining us on the show today. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe Carding.